The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? Is this real? Am I really here? What's happening? You are. We are. I think I actually like it with the volume lower. I can't really hear myself that well. Oh, like what is it? I have problems with this ear, and it's just oh. blowing my ear out. It's like you're on normal like everyone else. No matter how you turned on or off. Melvin Taylor on the show. Is he feeling better? I think he is. Seems like he is. I haven't spoken to him. I was a little busy myself the last month. Yeah. Well, the one thing about being in the hospital, it certainly helped my voice. And your ears. I can't believe yeah. you were actually I'm not asking me to turn you down. So the three things I'm not doing is I'm not smoking anymore. Right, I have no cravings. By the time I came off all the drugs, there were no cravings left. Uh, um, no smoking weed and no Coca-Cola, no cola. I've been drinking, like, if I have to have a cola, I have ginger ale. But otherwise, like, no cola. Just like too much too much sugar, too much cola stuff. Call it an aggressive detox, what you did. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, my voice is really back, huh? That's the one good thing about all this. Oh, I see my girl is there. All right, let's get this show on the road. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's top two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've got a great show for you today. We've got a good friend of ours. Uh, she is live from Israel. We're going to get to her in one minute. We've got to thank our sponsors first because they are the reason why we actually have a show. So we want to thank... Uh, we've got some pictures we're going to be throwing up real quick here, so let's see how good Chrissy is today. Um, McLennan Real Estate Century 21, we love those guys, and uh, probably after the election we'll have them back. Maybe we'll have them and David Consoli come, uh, come in together because they seem to have a, a pretty good rapport. The Zany Pesci Law Office, Marsan and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Tomo. Oh, do we have that picture, Tomo? We Can we sure pull that do. up? Yeah, look at that. If you're going to go to Tomo, right, down here on 28 in Salem, New Hampshire, that's what you want to get. So the one on the bottom is the kamikaze. That's what I always get. And the one behind it is the all-American. And that's what my friend Kevin always gets. 
And between the two of them, trust me, you'll you'll never go anywhere else once you try either one of those. So yeah. that's uh, right down here this, uh, on uh, Route 28 in Salem. I'm trying to breeze through because I know she's live from Israel. I'm okay. trying to get to her. Uh, what did we leave off? A clear path for veterans, New England, the Doug McCurrier Law Office, AFC Urgent Care in North Andover and Methuen, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. We always have to say contractors because I noticed yes. he was doing that when he was filling in. Uh, Part 28. Uh, let's see. Part 20, well, let's pull that pizza yeah, up. So, you know, pizza. I'm not a pizza guy. I never order pizza. Uh, even if I'm out somewhere, it, the only time I'll ever eat pizza is if I'm at an event and it's the only thing out. And if I'm hungry, I'll grab a slice. But we tried a pizza from Part 28. It's actually Ray's Coal Fire Pizza, which is inside uh, Part 28. And take a look at that. I mean, take a look at that. Now, again, I'm a guy that doesn't eat pizza. And when I saw that picture, I sent somebody from my office up to Part 28 to raise to grab that. I said, show him the picture of that. Tell him I want a well-done pizza that looks just like that. He came back to the office. I had about seven slices, and my friend had one because that's how good it was. (laughs) Uh, Who else do we have left? JG's Ice Cream and Free Shout Out to them. And Borelli's Deli. Guess what? We don't have the sandwich of the day for tomorrow. But we do have Borelli's Deli is now doing chicken pies. And so if you're interested in the chicken pie at Borelli's, I'm going right after the show to try mine. There's a picture of it right there, and it does really look pretty fantastic. Doesn't that look good, Chrissy? It looks look amazing. I'm a big fan of chicken pie. It's making pie. me hungry just looking at it. Did we forget anybody else? I don't think we did. Um, let's see. Borelli's AFC, uh, Pot 28. I think we got everybody. So we in the studio, um, in the studio, in Haifa, Israel, she is Zooming in live. She's a friend of ours from Facebook. Uh, she actually came to the United States, and I, and I tried to meet up with her. My car was – I was on a deadline, and my car was not working well. And I think she was in New York somewhere, and I tried so hard to get down there to meet with her. Hopefully, she'll be back in the U.S. at some point in the near future where we can get together and go have lunch. Uh, her name is Forrest Rain. Yes, that's really her name. I'm already getting emails from people saying you made that up. Forrest Rain, Marsha. <laughs> she's from Haifa, Israel. Thank you for joining us, Forrest. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to have you on because I we hear – The only thing we hear in the United States is from the feckless American news media, which always seems to leave a lot of things out and they don't really seem to give a complete picture, though they've been, it seems as though they've been a lot better since the attacks last Saturday. Uh, But I thought maybe my audience would be better educated by talking to somebody who was actually there, who's actually experienced this, and who's a little bit more knowledgeable than the idiots in our American press. So um, can can you tell us can you can you tell us um, about what happened last Saturday from from an Israeli's perspective? Sure. First, I I have to say that I'm not exactly sure which information you're seeing. I saw some of the reports from American media, and they do seem to be better than average because the average is really really terrible. So a little bit better is a big difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Saturday, it was Saturday, which is our day off, and it was a holiday, one of the most uh, important Jewish holidays where you finish reading the Torah and you begin again. It's supposed to be a very, very happy day. It's like the cycle of life and everything is wonderful and people have parties and they dance and they dance around outside. Lots of fun. In the morning, we get up. And we hear there's some really strange terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And every in the South, 
from Gaza. Gaza has a border with Israel and with Egypt, and nobody is supposed to be able to cross the border. There's fence and there's all kinds of electronic surveillance and there are army bases all around and there are communities that are very, very close. They're walking distance from Gaza. They're like three kilometers. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot my miles, but it's, it's very, it's very, very close. And uh, terrorists came in somehow, like when you wake up in the morning, you don't know exactly what happened, but you find that they're guys with guns, machine guns on trucks going through city in our southern, in the south of Israel, and just shooting everybody in sight. And that's really weird. That doesn't happen. And then there were more, and then there were stories of uh, shooting in other places, and, and we didn't know what was going on, but it was getting worse and worse and worse. And there, they came in under the cover of um, missile fire from Gaza. So, so at the same, so at the same time, this everything. was. I'm sorry. So at the same time, this was going on. At the same time, they were invading on the ground across the border. There were also missiles being fired as a distraction into the cities. So we don't know the exact order because it was a surprise attack. But it seems. I'll tell you what it seems like. It seems like there was a commando operation that allowed a certain small unit to go inside and then inside Israel, and then there began the missile fire, and then they broke down the gate in a big, big uh, way, and waves, swarms of terrorists came. They came from the ground, and they came from the air, and like hang gliders, and they came from the sea, and it was just from every direction, every place, nobody knew who was where, and the army was surprised, um, and everybody was left to fend for themselves. Uh, later on in the day, we found out that there had been a, a music festival in the area, and there were thousands of people there. It was a really big festival. People knew about it from abroad. People came to the to the festival, young people, and um, terrorists came, and they just started shooting everybody who was there. And they were very, very well planned. So they came and they sh they shot lots of people. And there were other ones who were waiting for the ones who were running away. And the people got in their cars and they just shot them up in a way that you had no chance of getting away. If there's a shooting attack with a single terrorist who's standing and shooting somebody on the road, if you manage to drive fast enough or swerve around him, you can keep on going. But if there's six or eight in a row that just keep shooting everybody that goes by, you're just it's it's like, uh, you know, shooting uh, fish in a barrel. It's just insane. So I'm in Haifa. Haifa is a, Israel is very, very small. So we're not like in Israeli uh, terms, we're not close to what happened, but we are very, very close. It takes um, like five hours to go from the southern tip of Israel to the most northern tip of Israel. So it's nothing. And Haifa is not in the most northern tip of Israel. It's a shorter time. And so I, I'm not experiencing the missiles or the terror attack, but we're seeing this on, on TV and you're watching it go unfold and it's just nobody knows what's going on and it's horrifying. And so it got it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then we started hearing about an uh, like, unbelievable death toll. 
And now they're talking about maybe a thousand people that are dead. Israel has a population of nine million people. So a thousand people, it's more than 9-11. I'm sure that your audience remembers, you remember how you felt on 9-11 when you got up at in the morning and you hear, you hear the news of what happened, even if you didn't see it with your own eyes, it's, it's unbelievably, it's shocking, it's horrifying, it's devastating. And then the stories of the people come, start coming out. And if you're in a close community, which we are because we're very, very small, everybody knows somebody who's involved. Everybody. I just looked up online so, while you were talking the comparison of the size of Israel and it looks like it's about the size of Washington, D.C., maybe a little bit bigger. So for people at home who are trying to get an understanding of how small Israel is. So when she says she's in Haifa, which is on the on the western side over by the sea, uh, and she says, well, we're kind of far away. It's kind of like the difference between being in East Washington, D.C. versus being in West Washington, D.C. You know, you're far away compared to the rest of D.C., but not so much as far as the rest of the world. Can, can I... Israel's about the size of New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay. That, that, that makes it a little easier. So I heard, and I don't know if it was you that told me or, or my new friend Katie on, online, who's also Israeli, um, that they disarmed the Israeli people not long ago. They wouldn't allow average citizens to carry guns before this happened. Did that, is that true? No, no, no. That's not accurate. I, I think that she was probably referring to uh, – the security teams, every community, because Israel lives under constant existential threat, every community has a security detail, especially the ones that live on the on the border. I mean, the small communities on the border have a security detail, and they were having problems with the uh, availability of guns and which guns they had and uh, salaries for the people doing the jobs. And so everything was cut to the barest minimum and people didn't have, I mean, it's people defending their own town. It's not, it's like a neighborhood watch that has, is allowed to have guns. It's not an army. And when you have an army of people who are infiltrating you and try to kill you, then that's not enough. We watched, and, uh, we, we watched videos on Twitter. I watched videos on Twitter, which by the way, if you're watching this, podcast. If you really want to get a sense of what really happened in Israel, you need to go on Twitter and and search for videos online because the terrorists themselves have posted gleeful video of them murdering, going house to house, invading people's homes while they were sleeping, um, throwing grenades into bomb shelters where families were hiding from the carnage. And, um, and so when you tell me that there weren't enough guns for people the average people, because they, they, they had the security detail that needed them, it, it makes me think about what we've done in this country trying to disarm the American population and what would happen if the drug cartels came across the Mexican border uh, with tanks and machine guns to El Paso, Texas, and just started wiping people out in neighborhoods and going house to house and murdering and raping women because that's really what we watched in those videos on, on Twitter, which is now called X, I guess. Well, there, there's two there's two things. First of all, it is important to note that the terrorists are the best media source of what happened because they filmed what they were doing as something that's fun and something to be proud of. Yep. They went in, they murdered families, 
They slaughtered babies. They raped women. They took old people hostage as well as young people. They chopped off people's heads of all ages, babies, also soldiers, also grown people, also people at the party. They did horrible, disgusting, barbaric things that normal people can't even imagine. And they thought it was funny. You could hear them on the videos that they posted. You could hear them on the videos that they they're posted. Laughing. Yeah, they're laughing and they're having fun and they're, and they're swapping notes as to what they've done. That is what bloodlust means. Mm-hmm. That is a term because it is a real thing that happens to certain people. It is a glee of like bathing themselves in blood, literally. It sounds strange. It sounds like something like a figure of speech, but here it's real. That's one point. The other thing is that the comparison with the drug cartels is not a good example, although they're very dangerous and violent and have lots of capabilities. Drug cartels kill people that are in the way of them making money. And they do horrible things, but they do it for money. Here, the idea was to do it for fun. And because they hate us that much, They want us to be dead. And when you hear the term free Palestine, that's what it means. It means to go into Israel and free Israel from all the horrible Jews like me and my family and our kids and our neighbors and our friends. Free the country from our existence and to do it with guns and grenades and fire and knives and whatever they can, garden hole, there was a video like that also. And that's what that means. So if you hear on a college campus in the United States, people shouting free Palestine, that's what they mean. Yeah, they're calling for the genocide of the Jews. Yes. But there's an Islamic saying that says, first the Saturday people and then the Sunday people. And they call Israel the small Satan. Because America is the big Satan. We're easier target because we're closer right. and we're smaller. So but anybody anybody in, this, anybody in this country who doesn't think that this is coming here is sadly ignorant of human behavior and sadly ignorant of history. Because when self-professed Nazis tell you they're coming to kill you, you should probably believe them. And it's one of the things yeah. that, that Israel has seemed to figure out but America still has not figured out. We still have idiots in this country who say, what do you need an AR-15 for? Well, what happens if this, what happens with all of the 7 million illegals that have, been, that have been led into this country with no vetting whatsoever? What happens when a few thousand of those turn out to be Hamas or Hezbollah and they start to do the same kind of killing of civilians that just happened in Israel? How do we defend ourselves? There's no way to defend ourselves. And so at least Israel has found a way to get into the psyche of the individual civilians that you need guns, civilians need guns to protect themselves, not just from other civilians, not from crime, but also from people who might invade the country because Poland never thought it would happen and Austria never thought it would happen and the other countries that Hitler invaded never thought it would happen and it did and they couldn't defend themselves. Uh, Forrest, can you talk a little bit about, I wrote a story uh, I wrote an editorial back in 2014 uh, about how the international media is really creating theater and not news, 
when they go to mm-hmm. Gaza and they show children being the children who have been killed by Israeli rockets. And can you talk a little bit about how the Palestinians do that on purpose by firing their rockets from schools and churches and places where children are? Well, that churches, but mosques. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, you're right. There are no churches in in the Palestinian territories and there are no temples either. Yeah, they, they burned those down long ago. Um, it's called Pallywood. They make theater on purpose because they're smart and they understand that they think that our, our love of life is uh, a weakness. They think that our caring very much about the sanctity of life and families and children is a weakness. And so they use it against us. And so they use their own children as human shields because they know that Israelis care about their children. And so we have uh, a terrorist that is doing, I don't know what, let's say, for example, launching missiles from Gaza into Israel. You know where they are. You see the location. You know that there are more missiles there. And we take a fighter jet, put it in the air. It's very easy to do. Find them, can shoot them and eliminate the problem. But there's children on the rooftop of the building that they're using to shoot from. And they, and do, that, and they, do, calls, that on, they do that on calls purpose. Calls off the strike. America carpet bombs. And says, well, you know, there's uh, civilian casualties in war. What can you do? We don't do that. Other countries carpet bomb. They say, well, you know, there are casualties. What, what can you do? We didn't want to kill civilians, but they're dead. Well, oh, well. And they go on. We apologize when we kill innocent people because there are innocent people, or at least we consider them innocent. It's not a child's fault that they're born into a family where the father is a terrorist and the mother believes in what he's doing. Right. But it's there are, not the child's fault. But there are children, but, there are children, Forrest, who are terrorists. And we've, we've seen pictures of them and videos of them being trained by Hamas, being trained by Hezbollah, being trained by ISIS, where they take these children, especially male children, and they train them at the ages of seven, eight, and nine, and they are going out and committing terrorist acts. So I think yeah. to the Western world, we hear children, and we think of like our children in our culture, and we can't think outside the box of these terrorists are using propaganda like Mickey Mouse and cartoons to make these children hate Jews, to make them the next generation of Nazis. And these children really are as much of a threat as an adult is with an AK-47. Yes, they are. And it's very terrible child abuse because these children are raised to believe that the best thing they can aspire to in life is to kill a Jew. Yeah. And they are not told that they should be an artist or a painter or a basketball player or a scientist or a doctor like children should be. They're told if they want to be a hero, if they want to fix their family up for life because they will be paid a salary if they go and kill a Jew, then that is something to aspire to. That I'm going to be a hero. I'll have posters of me on the wall. Okay, I'll be dead, but that doesn't matter. It sounds very it sounds very satanic. It, it, and I know that uh, I know that most Jews don't believe in hell. Um, but it sounds very satanic that people would worship death. And whenever I'm trying to talk to someone, especially an idiot, an overeducated idiot from college, 
who gives me the free Palestine uh, lines, and you try to explain to them how the real difference between the Israelis and the Muslim terrorists is that the Israelis do value life. They are dropping leaflets in neighborhoods to let them know when the bombs are coming so they can evacuate. The, 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 the Muslim terrorists are not doing that. They're purposely targeting civilians. They're purposely targeting children. They're purposely targeting babies and raping women. And I don't know how any sane person who's not satanic can look at those two sides and, and think that the Israelis are the bad guys. But it's all it propaganda. We get very upset when people throw around um, comparisons to the Holocaust and use the word Nazis. But uh, we say nothing can compare to the Holocaust. Nothing. But now when you have stories of what happened, that rounding up Jews into a building and surrounding it with tires and setting it on fire and burning everybody alive is no different from what happened in the Holocaust cost when different people rounded up Jews in a community and knocked them in a synagogue and set them on fire. Before you go any further, we've actually, we've actually got some pictures that you sent us. And if you are a little squeamish, um, if, if uh, the, these images are very disturbing, and I always hate when CNN does that because they say these images are disturbing, then they show it and it's not really all that disturbing at all. Trust me when I tell you, I have a very strong stomach. And I can tell you that when you sent me these pictures, uh, it, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, but you I said- want to make a preamble. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable, yeah. but it's real. And what is happening that there are reporters, including, I think, on CNN, where they were talking about, is it true or is it not true what the Israelis are saying, that babies were murdered, babies were burnt, babies were beheaded? Is it true? And people are online are saying it's not true. The Israelis are just making it up because they want to make war crimes against Palestinians. Well, we don't make war crimes against people, any people, even those who are trying to murder us. And it is true. Yeah, we're showing the, we're showing the pictures now. And it's just so horrifying that, um, you know, I, I know that a lot of people don't want these images shown, but I think sometimes it's better to show the horror because this could be mm-hmm. coming here. And the United States really does need to make sure that we can protect ourselves while we're also supporting Israel because we really are the only, the United States is really the only friend Israel has that you guys can count on that aren't going to bail, bail on you at the last minute. Um, and when we look at some of, the, some of those horrible pictures, it's really hard to fathom how somebody could gleefully do that. But, you know, we learned from the Holocaust that there are people who are willing to do that. And especially when people are brainwashed, and I, I don't know any other word to use, but it's not really brainwashing because it's an entire culture. It's an entire culture. Entire uh, culture. Where, where death, is, death and torture is revered, where it's respected, where it's, um, where it's aspired to. Um, it's ho- normal. Yeah, and it's hard for, I think, Americans who are living pretty comfortably and pretty fat and happy in this country to wrap their heads around that. So I think the people who are questioning whether it's real, I think a lot of that is because they can't fathom how that could possibly be true. Yes, and you're privileged to be in that position. And I would wish that everybody could be in that position. But when we say that this is what happened to us, it did. And we have proof. We don't like to show, we don't parade our dead around 
because we have deep respect for life. And that also means respecting the person when they're dead. You're not supposed to do these things. You're not supposed to show these things. You're supposed to treat everybody with dignity. And it's not dignified to show pictures like that. And it's horrible for these people, their their families. It, but it's necessary. You have to know that it's real. So let's and talk- you have to look at the eye. Otherwise, you can't do anything about it. Right. So let's talk a little bit about Israel's response, which I've been uh, watching. And if you've been watching it on cable news, please, people, get the hell off cable news. Cable news is showing you one tiny little snippet of what's happening. Get on Twitter because you're seeing live video that the Palestinians are showing while the bombs are falling. But you're also seeing uh, you're seeing drone footage and you're seeing things that the IDF are putting out. And you're really getting a much better picture uh, pun intended from a 30,000 foot view uh, of what's really going on. And it seems as though it's taking a little while for the ground invasion to happen. Um, but it looks like it, it, what the bombings that have begun are a pretty good start. First of all, it's, it's necessary to explain that they, they broke down our borders. We don't have a border right now. So they're terrorists that are infiltrating towns, communities in the south, and also trying to on the north and also trying to on the border with Jordan now all the time. So while there are people who are trying to find all the dead bodies, identify them, take the people out of destroyed homes and find a place for them to be, there are terrorists coming in and looking for more people to murder and their missiles falling. And you still so have you still have, have you still have terrorists in Israel right now, right? You still have the yeah. ones that got in, they're still yeah, there. Nobody knows how many there are or where they are, but I have the news on in front of me, and they keep saying there's a suspicion of a terrorist here. There's a, maybe an infiltration there. There's uh, some missiles in the, in the north also, which is Hezbollah testing to see how we will react uh, to this happening. So, so first of all, when they show you on cable news that wow, there's places in Gaza that have been flattened by the big bad Israelis. We're, we're trying to recapture our country so we can live. Right. That, that's the first thing that's necessary to understand. And then there is the fact that Gaza is full of terrorists and terrorist sympathizers. And they took hostages. I, the, the numbers, if I'm Correct. The last number I saw, there's 17 American hostages there. And they have, we don't know exactly how many, but a lot, a huge amount of hostages. They have our people. Mm -hmm. They want the bombing to stop. They can give us back our people. It will stop. So has that been been stated? Because that's the one thing that I hadn't heard. That's the one thing you've surprised me with today. Did, is that is that something that the that the Israeli government has said that if they gave back the hostages? No, 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 they didn't. No, they didn't say that. And what they are saying is that it's time to finish them. Right. That's what they're saying. Right. They're saying that Hamas, we cannot live with this entity on our border. It, like America said, we can't live with ISIS halfway around the world. Uh, I don't think it's very reasonable to expect us to live with this entity that can rise up and be a monster and, and eat our babies uh, at any moment. So what the government is saying is that now it's time to finish them. I don't know what they will do. 
Right. And many, many times before, and when you say, you know, America is our only friend and we know that you can count on America, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I'm a, I was born in America. I believed in the American dream. I believed that as an American, I can go anywhere in the world and I can run to the embassy and say, I'm an American, I'm an American, and they'll save me. But time and time again, we were attacked in a smaller, much smaller scale from Gaza. And the American government and different American governments, the most famous uh, case of that was Obama's government. They said, you have to stop now. Don't don't continue. Those poor people in Gaza, the Palestinian people, the the humanitarian crisis, you have to stop. You can't win this war. We don't allow you to win this war. Right. And so now here we are. There was an Iran deal that made, and lots of money that went to Iran. There is Israel continuing to make um, peace agreements with other Arab countries that Iran really, really doesn't like that idea. They are much more powerful than they used to be. Many, many times America told us to stand down and not protect ourselves. So we swallowed all kinds of things that we shouldn't have. Right. We didn't stop the problem when it was small. And we turned a blind eye and we decided to uh, count on technology too much because you're a, a superpower. You become uh, lazy in a way. I have technology yep. that will take care of me. Right. And well, you, you don't you, think you're right that, that. The, the people on your border using simple means can beat the big technology. No, you're right but about that. We, we've got about two minutes left. And so uh, could you quickly, before we have to go, uh, I have a lot of people on my Facebook page say that Israel created Hamas. Can you just address that really quickly? Israel created Hamas. Israel created uh, ISIS. Israel has space lasers. Israel <laughs> did. We did all kinds of things. Just another conspiracy theory. Yeah. Well, we didn't stop Hamas from growing. We didn't, Hamas is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, they came from Egypt, and there are offshoots of Hamas all over the Middle East. It's not an Israeli invention because we like to invent terror organizations. It's true that we didn't stop them when they were small. Right. That's, that part is true. And it's also true that Israel tried for many, many years following the the demolishment of the idea of the Oslo Accords, that there could be peace with the Palestinian Authority. They tried to play the Palestinian Authority against Hamas and say, if one is stronger, the other will be weaker, and then maybe the the pot won't boil over. Right. And that was a very dangerous game that governments played for many, many years, and and now it's exploded. We have to to go. I've got 30 seconds left. Uh, She she says we can go five more minutes. Um, The... um, and I lost what I was going to ask you. Uh, wait, I, but I did write it down. So um, the the people who live in Gaza get their electricity, their water, and their supplies from Israel. And the UN, the idiots at the UN are calling it a, a war crime that you've cut off the electricity and the water supply to the terrorists who are trying to kill you. Um, can you just address that really quick? We've got like another two minutes that she's going to let us have. You know, I, I don't know very many countries that have a, a, a warring country on their border that they give them 
electricity and water, uh, especially after they came into our towns and, and did an enormous massacre. I mean, after 9-11, okay, were you going to be giving anything to anybody? I mean, why, why should we be giving them anything right. there? With the disengagement from Gaza, Israel had people living there. And we pulled out, we gave up our towns, we gave up our communities, people uh, took their lives out of there and, mm. and said, okay, you want to be in control, be in control, take care of yourselves. And instead of building factories, they had loads of money to help them from all over the world, from the UN, from America, from from everywhere. And Israel would have helped too. Instead of making a paradise, because it really is a beautiful area, they could have. They made terror tunnels to attack and kill Jews. They made also very fancy, lovely resorts for the rich people of Hamas, and they kept the rest of the people poor and angry so that they can attack Jews instead of wonder why Hamas has all the money and they have nothing. Right. Uh, when I talked to you last night, you said you were in a bunker. Are you in a bunker right now? No, I'm in, I, I'm in our house. It seems that there were sirens. Uh, that notified that you need to go into the shelter. So you go into a shelter or a, bo- a bomb shelter or people have safe rooms in their houses. And uh, I, w- I was outside in the car. So that means you have to stop by the side of the road and run into a building and go look for some shelter there. Um, so that- that's what happened yesterday. It seems that Hezbollah is testing our, our borders and our defenses and their their seeing how we will react to alarms that maybe can be considered false alarms and um, missiles that don't hit something and to see to see so i i would i'm expecting that in the next few days we're going to see a few times false alarms from the north and then there will be an, an attack in the in the one minute we have left am i wrong about this every time i put on cnn Every time I put on Fox News or the American cable news uh, media, they're showing Israelis crying, Israelis distraught. And I sit there and I think, this pleases the terrorists. Why are they doing this? Am I wrong in thinking that? Because if I was running a cable network, the last thing in the world I would do would be showing devastated Israelis who are crying for their loved ones and maybe showing people who are angry and calling for retribution. Am Am I wrong about that or is that just my American sensibilities? It's your American sensibilities, but also I will never forget at 9-11, the reporter who was walking through the streets in New York and she was uh, crying because people were coming and asking her if they, if she could help them find their relatives and she couldn't help. And she was crying on air and apologizing that she's Mm -hmm. crying. When something happens to you that is, it's much, much worse than 9-11, being devastated, shocked and horrified is really a minimal reaction and it is actually a miracle that israelis are not people that are enraged and violent and walking around screaming all day long with the things that we we suffered through and now now this is just a new thing that is is unbelievable but everything that we have gone through over the years and been expected to swallow terror attack after an attack after attack and wars and operations and and our son my my son is on the border with Gaza now, and he will be called to go in if they go in. And and everybody has that fear. So 
the devastation is real. And yes, it does make the terrorists happy. Um, maybe it will give Israel a, a week or two of without Europe saying, oh, you shouldn't do that to those poor Palestinians. Maybe. But I will leave you with this different story. Some of the communities in uh, surrounding Gaza did not hunker down and wait for the army to come. A few of them had in their small group of like their neighborhood watch, they realized what was happening and they realized that nobody was going to come help them. It was up to them. One of our friends, his son-in-law is in a group like that. He and six other men went out to fight terrorists. He locked his wife and baby in a safe room and with six men with handguns went and fought. We don't know exactly, but it seems somewhere between 20 to 40 terrorists with machine guns, hand grenades, and even an RPG. And they won. They chased away, they killed off the terrorists and chased away the rest of them. And they had one casualty. Wow. Wow. That's a lesson for people in this country who are trying to disarm the American population, thinking that the only threat is crime from fellow Americans. Forrest, I really appreciate you, you uh, zooming in live from Haifa, Israel. I think this has been extremely educational for those who are watching it here in the United States who really don't have a sense of what's going on and, and, and really can't wrap their head around the, the horror. Uh, you know, when I was asking about the crying on TV, I was talking more about the media showing it. I would have much rather have had the media showing the, the, the IDF soldiers or showing other things than showing devastated Israelis because I just don't want to be playing into the hands of the, of the Nazis on the Palestinian side of the border, you know, but thank you so much. For, and I hope we can do this again. I would love to maybe, maybe next month again, uh, have you come on and talk about an update as to uh, what's going on and give somebody a real firsthand perspective from somebody who's actually there. I really appreciate your time so much and please be safe. <laughs> I'm not safe, but we'll do the best we can with what we have. And uh, anybody who has questions, wants to follow up, they're welcome to look me up on uh, on Facebook, and I will try to answer any questions. Um, so thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, and I hope it was interesting and illuminating to your audience. Well, I, I bet it was. I have a pretty bright audience, so I really appreciate that. And we will try to have you back, and I'm going to share your information on my page for anybody that has any questions. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Forrest. Wow, what an interview. You know, I've done a lot of interviews in my lifetime. Um, I think interviewing uh, Richard Lawrence, the civil rights leader, which is my lowest rated show ever. I think that was probably my best interview ever and nobody really gave a crap. I'm hoping that's not the case here. But I think this is right up there with that, maybe even better than that, because, you know, you put on TV and it's hard to believe what CNN tells you because they lie so goddamn much. And when you put on Fox News, it's the same thing. They lie so damn much about so many things. And it's always because of some political agenda that for the average person, it's hard to know what's real and what's not real anymore. So talking to somebody who's not political, who's not part of the press, who's not part of the political machine, someone who's just an average person who's living it right now, I think is probably the best way to educate people in this country about what's happening. And, uh, and there was so much more that I wish we could have talked about. Um, I've written, if you go to the, if you Google Valley Patriot and Israel or Valley Patriot and Palestinians, we have written no less than a dozen editorials and columns over the last 19 years, uh, trying to explain to the Americans what's, what the real rift is between Israel 
and the Muslim world. And, you know, it really all boils down to this. If the Jews in Israel disarmed themselves tomorrow, there would be no more Jews. If the Palestinians and the terrorists laid down their arms tomorrow and disarmed themselves, there would be no more war. And that's just a fact because Israel does not, in, does not go into the Palestinian territories, into the West Bank, into Gaza, or into Lebanon, or into Jordan, or into Egypt to cause war. It's always a defensive war on Israel's part. Every single time, Israel has been attacked first, and then they respond, and the world media, who's on the side of the Muslim world, takes the side of the Muslim world and makes Israel the bad guys. And, you know, we, we always say never forget the Holocaust, but it seems like the Western world has forgotten the Holocaust because so many in the Western world are now defending the modern-day Nazis. Look, if you're on the side of people who burn babies and behead babies, if you're on the side of people who invade civilian neighborhoods and rape and murder civilians who are not members of an army, who are not members of a militia group, then you're on the side of the Nazis. And those who did that in World War II, we look back on it with disgust. I don't understand why we're not looking at it today with the same disgust. So I'm going to leave you with that. You can roll up, Mel. And I want to thank our sponsors who made such an incredible show today, I think, possible. McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. Or it's actually Century 21 McLennan Real Estate. Uh, Par 28, which has the great pizza inside from Ray's Cold Fire Pizza. Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. Uh, AFC Urgent Care, the Mercurio Law Office in North Reading. Uh, Clear Path for Veterans New England, even though they don't return my phone calls anymore. Uh, Shaken Seafood and Tomo. Make sure you get the kamikaze or the American roll when you go. Borelli's Deli with their new chicken pies. Uh, EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Marsan and Sun Construction. Give Ronnie Marsan a vote. He's running for city council in the east end of Methuen. Zini Pesci Law Office. Jaina Zini's also running for office as an at-large city council. Uh, make sure you give her a vote. Uh, and we already said McClendon Real Estate. Who did you forget? A free shout-out to our buddies at JG's Ice Cream right here in Salem, New Hampshire, and also in Methuen because we love those guys. They're so good to the community. Chrissy, thank you so much for bearing with me today. Thank I, you. I appreciate that was, it. That was, Did, was, that, was that as educational as I thought it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely rattled. Excellent. Okay, well. It was a good one. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home. So go home already. Right to the post. How about that? The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.